Hi, folks. Welcome to Beer Taku's Beercast with Ben and Jay. Today's podcast is recorded in the Playhouse Swellburger. It's located at 820 South Clinton Avenue, where whether your thing is burgers and fries or retro arcade games or amazing beer and cocktail list, tell you what, the Playhouse Swellburger is going to be your best place to be in Rochester. So you want to go ahead and get here for the food, you want to stay for the games, and you finish off at the bar. So if you want to check out what they have today, every day it's, it, it can be different, you want to check out their beer list on beermenu.com. That's beermenu.com. Awesome. So today's episode, we are talking about consistency in beer making. Um, today, I, I spent a little bit of time uh, looking up the definition, and the best defini- definition that I found for consistency uh, is acting or done in the same way over time, especially so as to be fair or accurate. So consistency is the name of the game. We are uh, pulling up some articles. We've talked a little bit amongst each other about what our opinions. We talked been. a lot amongst we each talked other. Talked a lot amongst <laughs> each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk a lot. Yeah, we do. You probably get sick of our voices. <laughs> um, so we've pulled up some articles for you guys. They'll be in the show notes, uh, yeah. but we're going to mention them throughout the podcast as well. The first one is an article from craftbeer.com talking about how can craft breweries deliver consistency. Consistency. Uh, comes in the form of many different different ways. Uh, yep. I think of consistency for me is like longevity, um, but there's no consistency if your beers are constantly crud. Yeah. So like consistency to me is longevity plus high quality. I would start with just saying it's a decision and then everything you're about to say. Yeah. So the accountability for consistency is placed, I believe, on the heads of the first of all the brewery owner like yeah. if you're the owner of a brewery you should want to make really freaking good beers yeah. uh, all the time not just putting out beers to make profit or to fill kegs right. uh, but it also then puts accountability on the head brewer and the assistant brewer to make something that is worth a darn yeah um, there should be no hoping for a good beer by just experimenting and 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 then just kegging it or bottling it or canning it uh, because what's, what that's going to do is um, it's going to drive away your fans. It's going to drive away your con- your your consistent there you go consistent yeah. customers as yeah. well. They're going to say, "What the heck happened here?" Mm-hmm. It's like, let's say I'm performing in a sport and I'm I'm like the Iron Man. Like we're I'm the Cal Ripken Jr. of baseball players. And I'm Mr. Consistency. I don't make errors. I don't make mistakes. And then I have a really, really bad game. Customers, aka fans of that team, they will turn in a second. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, that guy sucks. (laughs) I'm not going to a game anymore. I'm not going to go and watch him. I'm not going to collect his baseball card. I'm not going to go get his autograph. I mean, that that to me, I feel like the craft beer scene is turning into almost like a sport. Yeah. like fans want something where they show up and they see a great product they taste a great product every single time you will hear people say that but those weren't like diehard fans they're fair weather they're fans. fair white yeah. but as you're growing you're going to get those those are going to be most of your yeah. crowd so it's really important if, even if you're a brewery that's really good with doing all the above that you're supposed to do yeah just be careful you know and just you know admit what you did Tell every hey, I'm sorry, I just you know, got out of hand, whatever, and then own it 
and then come back harder. And people appreciate that. And we're going to get into like one way that a brewery, if you do make that mistake, I mean, they could avoid that that the repercussions of, of their fan base and their customers yeah. uh, by doing certain things. Um, the other thing that uh, consistency, like if you don't have consistency, consistency as a craft brewer, what you're doing is you're actually also taking a chance of ostracizing craft beer fans. Yeah. I mean, basically, beer drinkers are very, I don't want to say traditional because, you know, craft Craft beer is not traditional. A lot of times it's not traditional. It's very experimental. But people like to find consistency and quality. Um, and if they don't, yeah. they're very quick to change their mindset, change their opinions. Just look on at what something. they're paying for the beer these yeah. days, right? I mean, your prices. Yeah. A certain quality when you're paying almost $10 yeah. for a beer? Uh, 10 beer for a beer, yeah. or when you're starting to pay 20, 24, 25 bucks for a four pack. Right. Um, which we're seeing consistently, mm-hmm. whether they're tall boys or pounders. I can't uh, remember getting more mad when I bought like a four pack and I had to pour it down a drain because something wasn't right in the beer. Yeah. Well, that just happened to me last week. <laughs> but we won't, we won't rehash that. Yeah, I finally yeah. got it out of my memory banks. My taste buds are, are burning just thinking about that beer. <laughs> Crying Remain over spilled beer. Nameless. Yeah. So what, what could happen as a repercussion? What could happen is a craft beer drinker could go from saying, you know what, I'm sick of this paying all this money right. for craft, and I use air quotes right. that you can't see right now, uh, I'm going to go back to the old tried con- and tested consistent. macro beers of Bud and Paps and Rolling Rock and uh, Coors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and maybe because maybe it didn't have as much flavor, but I knew I could depend on it. Yeah. So th- those are some things mentioned in the article, but they also break it down on ways that a craft brewery can deliver on that consistency. So we're just going to briefly break up these four subtopics within the article. The first one was having sensory tastings. A lot of the times I think the best breweries are their their own biggest critics yeah. because biases can can come out when sure. when you're trying so hard at something. Yeah. Like you want it to be good. You have you have that in your mind that I just made a, a amazing slam dunk beer yeah that can make your viewpoint stray from the truth what's great about a lot of breweries is that they have their assistant brewer they have Mm -hmm. all different levels of their employees or even the owner if it's not if the owner is not the brewer doing these sensory tastings to get a a better data point you know when you take when you give a survey out you don't just give it to 10 people you give it to 100 or you give it to 200 to try to get a wider viewpoint and a, a little bit more of an accurate depiction of what you think uh, will match the demographics around your area. So sensory tastings happen. I'm not saying the next one should be for everybody because brewing beer on a budget is tough. But the next one, they, they talked about like individual labs. When you see some of the breweries that start up that might have a little more capital at their disposal, have these individualized labs to test for inconsistencies or inadequacies in their water, in their beers, in their ingredients before they actually even make the beer. Mm -hmm. We're not saying everybody can do that because finances are finances. Not everybody has that money. This Rochester can do that simply because they had a big brother called Jenny. They had a great water source coming to the city. And Jenny said, you know what? We have a community developing around us of like-minded people. They want to make craft beer. They're doing a good job. 
let's just like open up our doors and, and be a part of the community together. And so they reached out to Rock, who reached out to the other breweries in town, and they get together monthly. And they even have opened up their doors to local brewers to bring in yeast, to do stuff in the lab. To test it. To test yeah. it, if they're having problems with things. And I think that's like phenomenal to have that level of a place that can be your eyes and ears and what's going on inside your beer on a chemical level. I mean, that's another note to the Rochester beer scene is the camaraderie and the community. We've mentioned it in past podcasts, yeah. like the close-knit sort of collaborative uh, mindset rather than the cutthroat, I'm going to put my com- competitors out of business. Yeah. So that's like a testament to the to the rock craft beer scene and obviously a testament to Jenny for being like the big brother. Yeah. They have well, official More group. like the grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was meant to be respectful Very of respectful. your elders, not not disrespectful. And the 5A5, just want to mention them, the 5A5 Brewers Club is what that group is. And it's not yeah. just obviously Rochester, but it's the surrounding communities. So, you know, like if you're talking about, uh, you know, Spencerport or Monroe or County, Monroe Livingston County, County Livingston, Ontario, right, County. right. And we'll have a lot of people come up to those and they're, and they're fantastic. Yeah. And you've, you've been to a yeah, few. I, I, funny story, there's been twice that this has happened when I've gone to one of the local brewers just as you know I, I know it's a day they have off they have the doors closed I just kind of pop in and say hey what's up what are you guys doing twice I've walked into a brewer's club which happens once a month once a month like on a night on one night of the week and I just happen to walk in as they're starting and so Ben's picking great. my lottery numbers <laughs> later today then. yeah <laughs> We but also yeah. we also went to uh, a few of the home brewers associations yeah. uh, meetings, which used to be what Bathtub Billy's up in Bathtub Webster. Billy's now. Let me give you a quick story with that. All right, cool. Hit me. That is now at Swiftwater. For those of you guys who are familiar, prisons with Prison City Brewing out yeah, in out Auburn, out in Auburn. Ben, man, he came to that meeting back in the day when he was uh, teaching at karate school. Um, he used to come religiously. And what he would do was he would perfect, he would just work on his technique, work on his technique. That's what we're talking about today. And what he would do is every year when in, when the New York State uh, sort of nationals, you know, even though it was New York State, came yeah. out for home brewers, he began to sweep it. He would enter like 90 different categories, or <laughs> not, not 90, I'm sorry, 90% of the categories they had. And he would walk away with like 70, 75% of the awards. Of the home brewers. Of the home brewers, right. He did that for three years in a row. And that's when he was like, okay, I think I'm at the point now. Maybe that's a sign that I should open a legit brewery. (laughs) Like, if I'm kicking butt like this. He was like, either I'm going to open up my own place or I'm going to get in with someone else who owns a place and just perfect it there before I go out one day. And, um, And he was good friends with Andy Cook. He was good friends with a bunch of other guys who turned professional brewers. Andy was one of those guys, too. I mean, he saw it. He was like, all right, this is what I got to do. And then he opened up Swiftwater, you know, and there's countless guys out there who've kind of taken that row. But this group, you can go to it. It's like 25 bucks a month if you want to learn how to homebrew or just taste stuff. That's phenomenal. 25 bucks for the year, period. The guys in there are like, I would say, master some guys in there who are, they are. Slash sisterhood, because there are There are women in there, too. Yeah. And some of those guys in there have master level. They've been brewing for 20 and 30 years and make incredible beer. You know, yeah, just, it came from just a few brewery. times I went with you, it was like one of the coolest ex- experiences because everybody was really like open-minded. Yeah. But, but you were, you felt safe enough to give constructive criticism. Yeah. Like nobody was going to jump down your throat. Mm-hmm. So this is like going back to the whole sensory tastings and like and and like getting people's perspective and not just like a biased small group, but a, a very wide data point right. uh, of, of people. So yeah, that. 
those those are the first two. Uh, the third one that they mentioned in the article is recipe replication. Yeah, that's big. Over and over, and you just mentioned it with Ben over at Prison City. Yeah. Andy, we, we could name we could name drop probably all the brewers in Rochester because they're all kick ass right yeah. now. Um, and like their recipes when they do version one versus version ten versus version twenty right. of a beer, it's nearly perfect every single time yeah. un- unless the brewer wants to throw right. in some experimentation it's on purpose if it's different absolutely so like the foundations of the beers i a lot of the beers around rochester and this goes not just for rochester but a lot of the the craft brew scene around the state and the country mm-hmm. or the world um you have foundations that are set by the brewer. Yeah. They might use the same malt base. They might use the same hop base, um, the same fermentation style, the same yeast strain. And like then they might branch off and go experiment uh, like crazy mad scientists right. once in a while. But if you can afford to do that, because you know your consistency is going to be off. Yeah. But you can afford to do that once you have some stable beers in, in, your, in your stable. That people can come in and depend on. It's always there, or it's always good. Yeah. Then they'll they'll give you a, a lane or two to go ahead and be creative with. They did mention like one tough aspect of creating consistent beers might be a shortage of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Like there might be a citra hops shortage. Right. There might be a specific like maybe there's a specific malt that just like didn't have a good season and you can't. It, maybe it was diseased yeah. or you know so scarcity plays a role as well and then this is where awesome brewers come up with crazy lab experiments to like try to replicate it because they know yeah uh oh my my consumers are expecting this from me like i need to deliver or at least i need to experiment and market it and say this is why i'm doing this with this beer did you be very transparent did you realize that that's a big problem right now in new york state because of the whole because farmers um, yeah. The, what was it? The farmer's license, right? Yeah. So they knew going in that through the years that they would ramp up what percentage of New York State ingredients you had to buy in order to have the farmer's market. Or not farmer's market, the farmer's uh, license for a brewery. What's happened now, I think it's it's gone up to the point where you have to have, I want to say, I think the next year 70 or 75 percent. I'm pretty sure it's 70. It's like right in that based on ballpark. Yeah. And that's, that could be hard, um, especially if you have to keep it within the state. And all the other people in the state who have that license yeah. are now going to all the same places to get what they have. So that could be difficult. Not to mention Economics 101. Right. Scarcity drives demand. demand. Uh, supply impacts prices. Yep. I mean, we're talking about when a state goes from maybe 100 breweries to 300, 400 plus breweries yeah. in a very short time. Yep. The scarcity drives the down the supply, which drives prices way up, yeah. which can have a negative impact on the smaller breweries or the breweries that are under the by law yeah. have to like have the 70 percent of the new york state products yeah so that a lot yeah, of them are looking at to have multiple licenses so they can kind of move sideways yeah uh so lastly and we had mentioned this earlier um ways that craft breweries can um prevent like inconsistent beers is they have to be willing to not pr- put out a crappy product right plain and simple it's like you have to commit to if it. you make a bad beer right you better be committed to dumping it yeah like it it hurts your reputation it might hurt you even more long term it will hurt if you put term. out that that crappy four pack that you're charging 20 bucks right. for 
Um, it will hurt you long term. And a lot of guys have taken it and been like, well, you know, maybe I'll. No, people remember that. There's people coming to your place that one time and they're going out for the day. They're going to different places. You know how many people they're going to tell about that? Yeah. That beer and that, from that place they had? And so then, you can't do it. And they're not going to come back and, and that number's going to replicate yep. if they keep spreading the word. Right. Um, so, like, dumping it, I, I think, like, we had mentioned this with some other, uh, like, we talked about Tony at Noble Shepherd a couple podcasts ago and how he's, like, he's unwilling to put a subpar product out there. Right. And that's why every, every beer that we've had from him has been yeah. uh, above average to excellent. And that's, it's not to say that he hasn't made bad beer. No. He just he refuses just, to put it out. He won't put it out there to right. sell it. Right. You have to make that decision at the beginning yeah. because when, after you made it and had the expense and you know everyone's at the door waiting to get in and try the beer, it's harder then to it's, make that decision. I know this is really tough you know, in a world where money drives like we're American. I mean, right. that's our capitalist economy. Money drives everything. We think money is happiness. So, like, a lot of people probably think, a lot of brewers are like, and, and brewery owners are like, well, I'm going to take a big hit yeah. on this if I dump this down. But you know what? Like, that that hit, it's more of an investment. dumping those tanks and those kegs yeah. in the short term is way better than losing permanent fans and right. customers who will be buying probably for the rest of their lives if you just simply uh, uh, continue to make sure that whatever you're putting out there is to the highest quality. Which is really an investment in the future of your place. Yeah. And less of a hit. Yeah. You're probably wondering why we're talking about consistency. Ben has done an awesome job of pulling up some other ways that breweries can be consistent. There's about five articles in addition to that craft beer article. This where, is all this year too. These are yeah, all this year. These are all uh, 2019 articles. Um, those are going to be in our show notes, but then you can you can talk really quickly about what those what those five articles are are either titled or they're about, and then we'll 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 cut to the chase for today's uh, podcast. So, um, guys, I just want to bring this up because uh, a couple of years ago, some of you who are really into beer and, and talk to the breweries and stuff heard about when some of the brewers went to the Beers Association Con uh, that they have every year. I think it was a couple of years ago. The big thing that was talked about like in so many of the seminars there that day was about consistency and how all these little breweries need to really own up and if you make some bad product do not put it out they kept repeating that throughout that whole seminar the whole uh, conference um, so this is just this year two or three years after that big that big thing happened so this is this, this year at the conference these are just a couple of the titles you have like six here and there's a ton if you go on the, on the website um, but some of the subjects were uh, the effect of malt quality and the malting process on beer flavor stability, um, small scale yeast management for craft for the uh, craft brewers, and one more uh, microbiological quality assurance and control for small brewers. You said that one so much better than in the practice <laughs> round. Yeah. <laughs> the so good job, yeah. man. Let's give him All a round right. of applause. Woo! Good job for me. He got through microbiological. <laughs> uh, Mama taught me to read. Um, but yeah, man. So I mean, so the cool thing about that is that they, they have these professionals. They have people who work in research labs. They have people who are professional brewers have been doing it for a long time. Uh, and it's just the, it's just to say there's a lot of resources there. So if you're friends with a professional brewer or someone who wants to get into the game or someone looking yourself to get into the game, go to the Brewers Association. If you Google it, it'll be the first five things that come up on Google. Um, so, it, I mean, it's great to want to get in the business with that. You just have to be committed 
to doing the best you can do at all costs. Cool. So we'll make sure to put those links, including the uh, craft beer article, into the show notes so you guys can hit those up. Or like Ben said, they're they're like pretty quick to come up on, on Google. Yeah. Um, so with that, we've been talking about defining consistency and talking about it with craft brew. And now that we're done with all the boring stuff, we are going the to... Part. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do something that was a little difficult for Ben and I, Very but difficult. should be fun for you guys to enjoy. Why? Yeah. Uh, why we're actually gonna name some of some of the things that we're gonna we're gonna name. So, this this podcast is talking specifically about who we thought, and this was the most difficult thing. I think next to me, like figuring out how to propose my wife. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure she's listening. She's probably saying, listing, shut yeah. up, Jay. Far on the but uh, like, we we racked our brains um, yeah, we did. over and over and over again and probably changed our minds a bunch of times too. To give you an um, idea, we did this six, five months ago? We did ago? this in February. Yeah, originally. Originally, and yeah, we, we continued to think about it and change and, and think of the right time on when to drop this podcast yeah. and we think the right time is right now but we're gonna be spitting birotaku's most consistent breweries in the rock in rochester yeah and Um, and we're and we divided up a little bit more between jay's top picks and ben's top picks that's me because we disagreed a little bit um which is totally fine it's totally fine and we're both biased so we and we both love why the other person picked what they pick but it was just you know it's fun to disagree so quick disclaimer though all right so for all you guys out there that hear this, we love you. Uh, if we didn't mention you, it wasn't after long fights and long <laughs> disagreements. Ben has a black eye right now because I, <laughs> I popped him. Um, and uh, but but here's the thing, guys. When when we're talking about consistency, you got to give up something. So if you're going for consistency, you're gonna you're gonna lag a little bit on creativity on getting out there and doing crazy stuff. But if you're doing crazy stuff, your your consistency is gonna drop off. So that's that's one of the things that kind of you know makes it where it's, you could easily disagree. Another thing is that um, for us, we lived in different parts of the Rochester region. So some of the places I was able to get to sometimes just because of sheer time um, or my, my schedule, I could get to like three three times a week. Where another one I may not be able to get to for maybe two weeks. So that had a big play in it. And, and some of it has to do with just plain old biases, like you know, I personal may, taste. I may lean more towards dark beers and and a little bit more maltier beers, and Jay may lean a little bit more towards sours and IPAs, or or maybe for that month, that's what you were feeling. So, having said that, we're going to give you our top our top beers. Yeah. So, Ben, you uh, you probably want to kick us off, especially because uh, here at the Playhouse they had. Yeah. They had both of our breweries yeah. beers on tap or in cans, so we, we definitely were super excited that that lined up perfectly. Yeah, it did. It so, so who did place. you who did you have? So I had as my top pick for most consistent brewery in Rochester. Did we have a range like years or anything? I mean, we talked about longevity yeah. being uh, one From of the factors, but again, like if somebody's only been open a year and yeah. all their beers are absolutely amazing like yeah there's they're consistent, they're consistent. Like, right. so longevity was just like it was one of the factors but it wasn't, that wasn't a deciding factor right okay. i think for both of our picks um it might have been a little more of an influencer so for those of you who love dark beers who love porters and stouts if you're a person that likes like you have a couple classics in your head that are maybe national brands and it's hard for you to find 
replicas of that locally. So you may be a person that likes uh, uh, Nevada, uh, Sierra Nevada's Narwhal, right? Absolutely stunning beer. Incredible beer, seasonal. You can only get it within a certain amount of months of the year. And it will sell out sometimes. And you're unlucky if you've never had that one, I'll just tell you right now. And the place to get that one when it comes out is AJ's Beer House. Another plug for those guys. Those guys are great. So what I'm going to tell you about is my favorite right now um, brewery that just makes this kind of beer is what? Three Heads. Yeah. Why don't you tell a little bit about what you think is so consistent about that from the beginning to like currently, especially because we talked about longevity. They, yeah. They're one of the, they are. the longest running craft brewers in they Rochester. Are. They are. So, and we said that was just a factor. Um, but they were, like you said, you know that that was number one, right? Yep. Number two was that they start making beer and selling it before they had a brewery. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're, you're making a product. So you're, you're making tacos before you have a taco truck. You're making restaurant food without a restaurant. And it's consistent and it's good and everyone loves it. And they came out with one beer in particular that I, I still remember to this day. That was one of my favorite beers when I started getting into um, IPAs. So for a long time, I couldn't drink them. I didn't like them that much. But they were one of the first local IPAs I loved, loved. Um, and that was called The Kind. So that was, I would say for me, that was my biggest reason on choosing them for my number one top pick for most consistent beer. Three Heads was like a pop-up brewery. Yeah. Like because they didn't have a location, because they were just brewing stuff. And like you said, they were taking it around a place and say, hey, taste our beer. Yeah. Like how creeped out would you be if somebody like popped, <laughs> I don't know, you own a restaurant somebody like brings in a, a, a a glass jar of yeah. homebrew that, and that's maybe, exactly what yeah. Jeff Dale did. I'm gonna, <laughs> like, I'm gonna, t- not Jeff Dale. Um, um, I'm thinking of, uh, oh gosh, why am I going blank in his name? I just talked to him at the Flower City Beer Beer Festival. Uh, um, not Nickel, not Nickel. Yeah. Uh, so just imagine this. You're like you said. You're sitting there. You're wiping down the bar with a rag, and all of a sudden. Someone just pops up. You didn't see him walk in the store. They just popped up in front of the bar in front of you from below the bar. Here, taste this. Here, taste this. <laughs> and, and that was that was what he did. And so he said, he had, I think he said he had jars, maybe, or growlers. He had growlers of, yeah. of the beer. And um, it was. He said it was. It was tough. It was like you know. Uh, it was like pulling teeth with people because they had the traditional stuff on tap. Yep. They had the, the cores, the the Budweiser. You know, yep. they had three taps. And he was like, look, I, I made a beer. Um, it's fantastic. It will blow. I mean, just to get people to try it was hard sometimes. Yeah, it's like pulling teeth. Pulling teeth. It, when, when you are trying to change a traditionalist right. mind, like when you're arguing with them, mm-hmm. you, you have to do it in a very logical way. Right. So with beer, like what's the logical way? Like I can't talk to you about what this beer is. Somebody right. has to taste it. So That's like what he, what he did is crazy, but it, it was genius at the same time. It was. Um, what's cool about Three Heads is like, they, I, I also think another deciding factor of their consistency. So like, right. I, Ben and I might have disagreed on our overall picks, but like I agree with them because I think Three Heads does one of the best job of staying true to their flavor they profile. Really, really did. So yeah. like, what is their flavor profile like? I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of Rochesterians listening to this. They're like, duh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> but for those of you that don't, if you ever heard of the the day 420. If you've ever heard of the movie called Pineapple Express, ah. uh, that'd give you a good idea. Dank. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, dank, uh, kind of funky, um, you know, think about fish good concerts. Good skunky. Think about uh, who came before uh, fish. Grateful Dead concerts. 
that's what are, that's that was some of these guys here. So they also are in a band. So they had a huge following as a local Rochester group that made great music, who are lovers of both Fish and Grateful Dead and had their own style. So they began to make beer, and they had right away. You're talking about that audience that can taste your beer, give you feedback. They had a huge devoted fan base that could give them feedback immediately. That's how they're able to do what they did. So you say on. fan base, I say cult. I would say cult too. Cult following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, Absolutely. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Right. Yeah. Right. No one went to jail or killed people. Yeah, so as I far mean, as we know. <laughs> But and they have a absolutely they I think that their model is also like consistent to and again here's my biases coming out but like I feel like their model of growth is like the proper model yeah. of how a craft brewery steady should be and slow about and steady slow take care of everybody yeah, take care of the business to the point where now on Atlantic their facility is is Huge. world class yeah. I mean world class yeah. cool awesome uh, space to to brew enough of their amazing beers that are very rochester themed yeah um, and they said they designed it after Amagangs out in cooperstown yep. they sort of had that outdoorsy kind of they went for that and it works it's a music venue yeah. uh they right collab the with people they also do some contract i think they do i think they do i think they well. do yeah um so it, it's a phenomenal facility and yeah Great job, guys. Yeah. So, so the beer I have today, I heard about, and I was so excited. It all worked out. Um, right here at the Swole, Swole, uh, the uh Playhouse, they have um, one of their beers that when we had, Jay actually got this uh, last year, I believe it was. I got two can- two uh, bottles. Bottles of it, of it right? And yep. we opened one right then. And it was like, it was just like incredibly. Deli- I mean, it was like, wow, they made this. Someone local made this. That was my reaction. And then when I heard it was the three heads, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm over the moon. That means I can get this and I can get it without driving for eight hours somewhere to get it. Um, so yeah, guys, this or beer. Or without paying out the nose. Oh, right. Because it's super affordable. And this beer, guys, is incredible. I can't, what's the ABV on this one? So the, that, it, well, This is their all, Baltic Porter. Baltic Porter, yeah. Which is a classic style Porter. Um, you know, very, very malty, usually very boozy. Um, I think traditionally they, uh, they go up there as far as the as far as the ABVs. They may start at like seven point five eight percent, maybe go higher. Um, and I know there's some more stuff as far as the historic, um, you know, why they became Baltic porters. And I forgive me, I, I knew a lot of this in my head. I forget it, um, but we're gonna have it in the show notes. All right, what what kind of description of a Baltic porter is? What makes a Baltic porter? I mean, so what's cool about Baltic porters is typically like they are they're warming beers yes, very. but this is like this is so well rounded it it's is. so well balanced so much flavor. uh and while it it does have a higher abv and i'm about to find out what it is but it has a sweetness um, to it yeah um it, like you said it's rounded so you can taste the booze in there um but it just it's it's just a it's just an ingredient you feel like it doesn't take over it it doesn't when you finish it doesn't it's not a part of the finish so in the beginning uh you're getting just distinctive uh, spicy flavors in the beginning with it and then the finish of the beer I would say is very smooth a lot of malt in the back end of it um, it's just an incredibly well-crafted beer so I, I definitely say cheers to you guys for that one that's the one I came in here for now, I remember we're at the Playhouse which is just full of happiness and wonder um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I came in for and then Jay uh, one of the owners and also the bartender of the place he said, oh, you didn't know about this, did you? And I was like, what? What do you got behind the bar for me, Jay? And so he pulled out some incredible beers. 
uh, that I had. Remember seeing? I remember seeing that three hats put out on the post. Jay sent them to me, but the um, I got a chance to taste it because the, the the distributor came by today, and so he was sharing with people. Um, the beers that they brought out was two new ones. One was called uh, the Blackberry, Blackberry Ghost. Ghost, and it was really good. It was really good. Tart, um, tart, a little bit of salinity, a little bit, a little bit, little bit of sweet, not too much. Um, it just drank really well, and it fit, finished with a little bit of a pucker. Um, but my favorite uh, was the Raspberry Kolsch, y'all. This beer, like when you smell it, it's like that traditional little bit pungent smell of that that malt that they use for cold spears it just hits you right in the nose and then when you drink it it was just the the body was perfect it was clean it was a little bit more like medium bodied and then when you get to the end of the beer you get a little whiff of raspberry like it doesn't overpower it isn't that too sweet it was like perfect and um, a lot of the raspberry like beers that I've had have been like so hazy yeah. and unfiltered yeah. and unfined. This is like a it, it's like a raspberry colch, but it's like a rose. Yeah, yeah. Like where I, I could look that. through it and still see Ben on the other side of the beer. Yeah, not crystal clear, He's but a little like darker. It, it it took like almost like the pigmentation of the raspberry, yeah. but very a very filtered version of it. Yeah. Very clean um, drinking. And yeah, Phenomenal that, beer. This will be a classic for them. I can tell you right now, if they keep this beer out, this will absolutely be a classic yeah. for them. And they brewed that one for the Fairport Music Festival. Oh. Um, so that was like a cool little uh, plug for that. Little plug for them? Yep. They're, um, so yeah, grab the can, guys. It's a collector because uh, they have a little bit of uh, memorabilia on it with how they did the label. Um, and just a little side note to one of the bartenders there, Three Heads. Um, and I'm going blank in his first name, but he's always, always there. Um, I was there a couple of weeks ago, and they had another beer on tap that was new. Um, and it was, they claimed that it was one of the oldest German beers that they found a recipe for, and they couldn't use it. You can't make it in Germany just simply because it doesn't follow the law. It doesn't laws. follow the, it the purity law. Right. It was, it was made before the, pur- the purity law. And, um, and I remember asking him, why do you like this beer? So he told me it's his favorite beer in there. I said, why do you like this beer so much? And he just said, because the Germans were renowned for making a beer that you have to be so clean with it. The lines have to be so sharp. And it's really super hard to do to make to take a, a beer style like this, like a Kolsch or a lager, and to do so much with it with flavor and to get it right every time. He said, that's why, that's why I like that beer in particular, and that's why I like German beer. All right. Oh, the that's Baltic all I have to quarter, say about Baltic that one. quarter was ten point two percent. Was it? So what's great is it 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 doesn't like burn your mouth off because okay. it's so well rounded and the flavors are so well uh, blended together. Um, ben said that we had we had drank one back in February okay. when we first did this podcast. And yeah. We, um, we, yeah, we, we did. We were talking about most consistent brewers before before we brainstormed to do it. Now, um, I put one away. Okay. So I That's have right. one aging to see what it what it's gonna do. So we'll when are you be, gonna take that one out? You think? Probably in a year. We'll okay. probably we'll probably recap. We'll we'll come back to the Baltic Porter uh, in February 2020. So listen and stick with us for that long and see what we think happens. <laughs> so yeah, three heads gold medal for ben right there in most consistent brewer uh brewery and i just add real quick i'm sorry i just found this information i wrote it down because i knew it needed one day 
the old recipe that I think they still have on right now. Uh, Ryan, the bartender, told me, so I'm giving props to Ryan for it. Um, it was made with a bit of molasses and honey, and it was made before the German purity laws. Yes. That's why they couldn't. You no, know, I thought I saw yeah. something on Instagram. It's incredible. I think they beer. might have posted something on Instagram. I'm sure they about did. Beer. Um, and, cool. and the quote Ryan, he said, his favorite area of beer makers because they do less with more. Was that Northern Germany? I think too? so. I think it's a Northern think German beer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Your, your cool. beer. Cool. So, uh, I, oh man, I had a really hard time with this. I kept going back and forth, but then it just like only one brewery could like really be in the forefront of my mind when I think of consistency. There could only be one. There could only be one. There could only be one. But like, people are probably gonna throw shade at me for this because they they think I'm just like looking for the oldest brewery, which is not true because Jenny would then be the pick. Mm -hmm. And Jenny makes some amazing craft beers as well as mass produced beers. Remember the video I took Uh, in Chicago with that beer? Yeah. So Ben took this beer to Chicago where a lot of these beers are not being made around our country. Yeah. Um, it's and just a throwback. these millennials from Chicago and multi-generations from yeah. Chicago were going just absolutely bonkers over this beer. Yeah. And this beer, <laughs> I think that that here, gave me some reassurance yes. of my pick because yeah. I was like on tilt a little bit. Because yeah. um, here, younger people kind of, oh, it's my grandpa's beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like this beer... Um, comes from a place that I did get to frequent because it was right down the road from my from my college. Um, Don't say high school, your college. I didn't say high school. I'm not. You trying to give away my age on, <laughs> on air? I see what it is, Ben. You're older than me. Just remember that. Just barely. Just oh sure. <laughs> so this brewery has two locations in Rochester. One of which is on um, Buffalo Road, in, heading on the west side. Um, I think it's technically a Chai Lai. Um, location and they have a location that is next to our great Rochester Public Market on Railroad Street. So the brewery I'm talking about obviously is Rohrbox. That's right. Um, And I'm sure everybody right now is like, oh, of course he picked them. Mm -hmm. Yes, they've been brewing since 1991. Yeah. Like, that's the longevity aspect of it. They're still in business Mm -hmm. and they are one of the most widely distributed. Yep. They are in Wegmans galore. They, they, but, but that's not the true essence of just consistency what i'm looking for is do they put out like their classic line Mm -hmm. is it consistent does it taste the same almost every single time is it still absolutely delicious and and uh delectable and um flavorful and do they use good ingredients right absolutely hands down yes john erlob is uh the og Around Rochester, he's he's the agree. original gangsta. He's a crip. He's a blood rolling yeah. the one. <laughs> he he's been brewing. He he's like I, I really can't say if you know Rochester would be would we be number thirteen in the world? Would we be number one or was it number seven? Number yeah. seven in the yeah. world according to the one article uh, from the Matador. Would right. we be number one in the Northeast? Uh, uh, I don't know if we would be if it wasn't for for him. He was the first one in a renaissance of beer around here. Yeah. He was the first one. I mean, so, of course, the beer that I'm talking about right now You know is, what it is. You probably know what don't it even is play, already, y'all. but yeah, it is the Scotch Ale. Um, Scotch Ale. The Scotch Ale. 6.9 ABV. It is subtly sweet. Mm-hmm. It's malty. Yeah. It's like the best of both worlds because I, it it wets my whistle, it refreshes me, but it like keeps me warm. Mm-hmm. It, 
it, it just does a phenomenal job uh, of, of painting a picture of Rochester craft beer consistency yeah, because does. no matter what you get it on tap you, know you get it in the, the bottle you get it in the 16 ounce can you get it in a growler you get it in a crowler you whatever you get it in it's um amazing and when you took it to chicago and like those people were just ranting and raving about it in yeah. the recordings little mini videos you did with them it's right which, on by the, the way guys. people can check out on the website right. we'll talk about that at the yeah. end of the podcast um it it was like reassurance to yeah. me um and they they do such a phenomenal job of keeping their consistency through their classics but mm -hmm. also they're really like the neoteric series yeah. they're going into full experimentation mode and i love um, that series they they're okb jelly yeah uh, i love that one uh, it was great. The the cookie milk stout was phenomenal. I took that one over the yep. other side of the globe. Yeah, Got video I mean, on that. yeah. We're we're just. I, I'm super proud of Rohrbox being the foundation, one of the foundations of Rochester craft beer, and I think that they definitely deserve, um, like my pseudo gold medal. Not yeah. that we're actually handing out gold medal because Ben and I don't have enough money to Throw do that <laughs> so we have a symbolic gold medal yeah uh going to three heads and, and Roarbox for really like being what we view as the epitome of consistency yeah. and you guys can obviously agree you can disagree um we would love to have interactive yes, uh, communication like mm -hmm. if you hit us up on facebook or instagram yep um just be polite like yeah be be polite like but yeah, agree we, to disagree and give us reasons like yeah, we, the art of argument it. is great we love it um we would love to hear your thoughts uh, about consistent breweries but yeah um you know there were there like ben said we we racked our brains about this it was hard and there's a lot of like really honorable hard. mentions that yeah they're, they're not even like honorable mentions they're like gold gold level but yeah. like you can, only have three, you can only have three people on a podium at the, at the Olympics, yeah. right? Um, and it's just really, really hard. Yeah. So I think it's a testament to all of these breweries and how the consistency level has upped the ante in Rochester to how difficult it was to actually narrow it down. Yeah. So, like, in theory, I, I would say, like, Rochester's creating consistent beers left and right. right. There are consistent breweries all over... West side, north side, east side, it's south incredible. side, and the Livingston ones, County, Ontario And the ones coming County. out are good. Yeah. So like faster. They're getting there faster. We could change our minds yeah. in six months. Easily. 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 Um, I tell you guys, what's happening in the Rochester region with craft beer is starting to shut down the breweries that are coming into Rochester to get stuff on shelves. Like, I don't mean shut them down. Like, there's always going to be room for variety and difference and, and something from somewhere else. You know, it's always better somewhere else, and the grass is always a greener thing. But you have to have some real game and a name to now get distributed to here in Rochester. Market. Right. You, yeah. you have to have something good. And you have to be known where you're at. You have to be legit. Otherwise, you ain't getting in here. You ain't coming into our yard. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's great that we have this. And what we do want to finally do is, while Three Heads and Roarbox were our, our golds, we do have to throw out... We, we finally, we came to an ultimate consensus yeah. and sort of like a double gold. Yeah. Um, like there was just one brewery that we think since they're, they're established, uh, since they've been established has been 
knock out yeah not a single beer that is average not a single beer that's even above average but like nearly every single one of their beers if not all their beers have been excellent to outstanding we're talking about honorable mentions so no we're talking about the the feature okay so i feel like if we if we mention a bunch of honorable mentions we would literally be listing off all the breweries <laughs> around rochester because i mean that's what we just said like in theory they're all really like consistent okay yeah you're right so like we we had to we had to come to a consensus where we finally after arguing about it we finally said all right well let's let's at least like come to one that we both the one that we both agree on and um i just swung by there picked up some beer freshly canned that was just released this a couple days ago um i would say that's probably one of the things that helped me with this one to agree with you on this one before I'm not even going to say what it is and let you do that let you do the reveal but they release beer probably the most frequently yeah I, I think yeah um, you know they always have like nine or ten beers on tap yeah and then they usually have six of them canned mm-hmm. and I walk in there and their fridge was nearly empty yeah already yeah and it's been a couple days um and when i kept asking well do you still have cans of this can you um the owner who was behind the bar said nope 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 yeah. i was like all right that basically <laughs> again reinforces everything that we're about yeah. to say about these guys so the big reveal a little drum roll we got our buddies over at fifth frame yeah. on saint paul john you're kicking freaking butt and taking Doing it, man. Um, so what we did was we picked up uh, this. This really played into our theme of consistency because we have a beer from them that is known as their modern, the uh, modern IPA. This is season two, episode ten. Playing right on it. That's perfect. So why is that consistent? Then? Right, right. Well, consistent because they decided, man, we're making these so often. Let's categorize them and do it in a way that helps people to kind of know where they're at in the category or the lineup and it'd be fun and this was during a time of the last eight years of game of thrones so it was kind of a little bit of a match to that um that. so each one they come out with is season and then episode says it on a can so this is the second year so it's season two and this particular one that we're pouring right now was just released three days ago um, I was there like last week and I was like, do you guys have any episode nine? They were like, yeah, we got some in the fridge. All right, I'll be back tomorrow. Came back tomorrow. Gone. 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 <laughs> I missed eight and nine, dude. I'm so mad about that right now. Uh, myself or not. Anyway, so you just poured it and then you just threw your head back like yeah, whiplash. And um, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk this, about uh, that. This is it. hazy. It's orangish yellow. It's got a great amount of, of uh, like... Of head that is just releasing all these amazing mm. citrus and piney aromatics um, that that really really accentuate the citra, the simcoe, the mosaic cryo hops. Wow. Um, and it, it, at seven percent, like this is like the it's level of, of ABV that I really really like in in IPAs because wow. it's not overwhelming, but it's not like you know I'm actually it's got body to it. it it's got weight, to it. um, but it's not too much. But just the aroma, again, I'm a freakish smeller. 
Um, I'm obs- I, I'm obsessed with the with like, the aromas that it's come like off levels, those. layers of yeah. aroma with it, right? Yeah. And I'm sure like when you have things like hops and the oils that waft off the top that you smell, some have different weight because you get some immediately and then some come a little bit after. And you have like strength where some hit you and they, they stay in your nose and then you only smell like little little pops of the other ones. This this so how is many, how many different ones that they have in there you listed? Um they have three different hops in there. Wow. Citrus, Simcoe, and Mosaic Cryo. Um so this this is really, really well-rounded yeah. it's soft it's got a really nice um citrus backbone to it mm-hmm. um it's got just enough you know zip yeah, and does. bite to definitely be an ipa yeah but it's not a west coast ipa no um i would even liken this more to a new england style a little bit maybe. um but i don't i mean it, it's sort of like, a, like it's it's a tweener thing. yeah yeah it's sort of like thing. a tweener it really is um, but like it, it's it. phenomenal, man. I, uh, my mind's blown by every single time I talk to somebody about this brewery, especially when we talk to like people in the industry yeah. um, that are constantly saying, have not had a bad beer. Right. All the beers I've had have been amazing. Right. Um, that, that's a testament. And you know, I, I think that... You got to commit, guys. Yeah. You got to commit. So the, <laughs> what's cool is going in there and i'm reading their their draft list and i'm reading about the, the their season menu's funny. two episode 10 first of all they're punny all the time they're punny <laughs> and awesome. they do a great job and this like plays into the whole like you said game of thrones yeah. and i'm thinking netflix yeah yeah uh binging you know, they said waiting on the edge of your seat for the next season and they have a picture on the can of the tv and it's like mm. are you still watching continue or exit which is netflix this netflix to a t i love so, it i never even noticed that yeah so this this does make you when like they kick this so brilliant and they design. come out with the next season or the next episode yeah. you're like you're like I can't wait to watch it <laughs> it's like binge it this is binge worthy to the point of like obviously you don't want to binge too much on right, booze and right, like right. get sick but but this I mean, is you know, binge worthy beer it's the beer that you have through the week that stays in your fridge that's the way you want to design it which is cool and this is a binge worthy brewery it is like it seriously is the so we've said we've mentioned that before. We're going to mention it on this episode that it is, first and foremost, a coffee beer shop. They're both equal. So they get coffee from particular farmers in different countries. Usually they only buy from origin. those. Single orchard. Um, origin. And origin, I'm sorry. Origin. Trees are orchards, aren't they? Or is that fruit? Origin. I know origin. I'm origin. I'm still trying to make oh. myself right. I'm just making sure you don't say microbiological wrong Shut again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I'm just—I know you're I'm just picking on. You. I love you, dude. So <laughs> the you know, I can't say enough stuff. So what is Fifth Frame? Is done up like a bowling alley. So what do they do? They have tables in there. They get from uh, floors of bowling, literally bowling alley yeah. lanes that they made into tables. Like lacquered. The whole place is done up in sort of that theme. It's great. And then back to the what they make, the product they make. So the coffee is phenomenal. They keep it priced in a good range that you can afford to take some with you and make it at home. So they have take-to-go bags. They make phenomenal food. Phenomenal yep. food there. Breakfast sandwiches, lunch. And then the beer is, is just like well beyond on point. Yeah. And I mean, 
let me just comment on this can because I like art. I'm like one of those classic album people, you know, grew up with that has so many albums. This, I mean, this is brilliant, number one, because they don't have to change much when they go from can to can to can. They just have to change a little text. Um, but it's literally a guy laying on the couch looking at his smartphone with Netflix up saying, do you want to play or do you want to continue? Do you want to continue? I want to continue drinking this beer. Right. And, and, and the room is done one. up like um, retro someone living in the 2000s. Maybe he's single, maybe he's not, but this is just like Rochester right here all in a can. Yeah. So, and what's really cool is I went in there, I got to talk to John a little bit, and all of their labels were stuck on the wall next to the taps. Next to the taps. So, like, you're yeah. looking at this collage of, yeah. of, of, of art. La- of art, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then even better, his, I'm pretty sure it was his design guy, comes yeah. in, he sits down next to me, pulls out his laptop. That's awesome. And they start talking about their next, like, it was either a can design or it was like supposed to be a design like maybe they were doing some something for the uh, for the walls yeah. in the in the actual shop yeah but i mean i'm i hope i'm not ruining any surprises oh, john you're not but describing like, anything it was just like john was involved in yeah he's he's serving the beer he's yeah. helping make the beer he's putting together He's putting together idea. He's an idea man. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just doing a really great job, and I, I think that he's a guy that we really hope he'll uh, do a cool Keep interview with it. us sometime he soon. Will. He will. Better. He sounded he sounded he like he was interested. Yeah. But like he's a busy man because his is. brewery yeah. is kicking ass. You got you got to you got to keep it going for the customers, man. That's his first priority. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you were talking about the delay. I, when it's, when I take his beer elsewhere, when I'm trying to get free beer, I bring beer. Um, <laughs> They always comment on his 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 uh, almost said album covers. They always cover uh, or comment Comment, on the the can art. They always comment on the can art. They always go, "This is really good art." Before they even open up the beer, and you know that makes a lot of sense, right? For people to talk about your product before even getting to taste it, hitting all the senses before making all the senses a part of the experience. Yeah. So. Uh, with that, guys, we just have a few more things to take care of here, housekeeping things. So we have uh, the podcast is on iTunes, so get on to Apple iTunes, subscribe. We would absolutely f- be uh, we would be incredibly blessed if you guys could do that, and if yes, you guys please. could uh, review, give us reviews as well. Be honest. Yeah, we would love five stars. Yeah, if you say I can only give you three until you get this better, I'll yeah. take that. Hit us up with some constructive criticism. Absolutely. Um, Ben, you said that there's an update soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it should be up. I forgot to check before I left, but we should be up and running for those of you who are Android users on Google Play. But it should be ready. By the time you, you hear this, it'll be, it'll be working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to get on Stitcher and also on for those of you who just solely love Spotify, that as well. But you have to have five episodes, which we should have up soon. And also, we just want to give a quick shout out to Young Lion out there in Canadagua. Because they are focusing on a new program they've been talking about, planning out, which is their their sour program. They just released a beer. Jay brought me one of them yep, last the week. The Raspberry Goza. The Raspberry Goza. It was phenomenal. Knockout. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Jen and her brewer, you guys did an amazing, amazing yeah, job. Paul. Just want to shout out. Paul, yeah. You guys did amazing, man. I'm really excited to see what you guys are doing next. I'm really excited to see what you come out with your lineup. So, folks. Definitely get out there to uh, Young Lion out in Canandaigua. The place is phenomenal. It's a great spot, especially with the leaves changing out. It'll be a great drive if you're leaving from Rochester. Hit up Canandaigua. the chosen spot, yeah. a.k.a. Canandaigua. <laughs> we are also looking to get some feedback from you guys. Yeah. We would love to start implementing some time at the end of each podcast where we do question 
uh, Q&A. questions with friends, Q and A yeah. with Ben and Jay. Yeah, yeah, that I rhymes like that. a little bit I like too. That. That's good. Yeah, we'll I get that. creative once in a while. Once in a while. So we uh, would love if you guys could shoot us your uh, questions about beer, yeah. uh, about styles or like our preferences about rochester breweries it could be rochester it could be new york state it could be domestic united states it could be international doesn't matter um but we'll we'll field questions we would love to spend a little bit of time uh getting a little more personal with you guys Mm -hmm. uh and interacting with you at the end of each podcast um we can't promise that we'll get to everybody's question but we would really appreciate it if you guys um, would hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, please. Uh, and follow us, like our posts, uh, like our... Just give us love, guys. Yeah. You know what? We're about to do something. I, I kind of mentioned it to Jay. I've done it before. Um, but we're going to start sharing the goodness. So you give us love. We're going to be giving love back to the public where we have some special events. One thing we have up on the side is if you just fill out some information, like you want to be a part of like our news sheet or what's happening around town news feed our news feed just you know go to our, our site and uh, fill out the form and we're going to start doing our, some beer raffles here soon just where we go and pay for beer you know we pull your name out of a hat and you go get the beer just yes. fun stuff like that so the website is www.beerotaku O-T-A-K-U dot com so if you guys get a chance dot com <laughs> Uh, if you guys get a chance, get on there. Um, yeah, guys. D- please, again, we're we're working on things. So yeah, share um, us though. We're we're Rochester. We're you. We want just like you people to come here and enjoy this place that you love called Rochester. We want people to come enjoy the beers that you love, the places that you love. Support your friends who own these places. So be sure to share us on Facebook, Instagram, or just you know pull out your phone and, and show it to a friend of yours that they need to follow the podcast at the very least, and they can learn where the good beer is everywhere. You got it. Everywhere. Cool. So stay tuned for the next episode. Um, and yeah, this has been another beer cast by Beer Attack. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers, buddy.